0: what's up bud you know just another sunny day in london town
1: yeah it's finally fucking sunny here wait is it actually
0: sunny there it's really nice it's been so nice the last like really three weeks since it all started it's been really really gorgeous here fuck yeah
1: (laughs) since it all started here it's actually been like pouring fucking rain the world is upside down Yeah, it absolutely is. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, last week we had like one or two days of like sun with some clouds, but then it just kept raining. And today is the
0: first day of no rain. Oh, congratulations. Get outside. Right. Enjoy your allotted exercise for the day. Uh huh. Oh, Uh, man. How have you been, man? Anything new since last
1: week? Fucking. Uh, I watched the (laughs) Fleabag put the live one-woman show up to rent. And all the profits go to charity. So I watched her one-woman show, and it was really good.
0: They uh, projected it at uh, Odeon's. Odeon is the cinema chain around here, or one of them, anyway. Uh And they have a... a like, a, you know, AMC Stubbs, their version is AM, uh, Odeon Limitless. And they also do screenings of national theater stuff or they did while they're open. Uh-huh. And that was one of them. So I got to see that in a, a movie theater, but in a theater. That's that's cool. Yeah, that's fucking
1: dope. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. I haven't watched really anything too crazy, I
0: don't think. Yeah, I've been having, you know, the internet issues, which seem to have resolved, but, so it kept me from screening much of anything. I was just kind of, I don't know what to do. Although, uh, just yesterday, our neighbors shared their Disney Plus password with us. Nice. So just started diving into that. Last night, Megs and I watched Cinderella, the 2015 version.
1: The live action?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's actually probably the
1: best live-action remake that they've done, in my opinion.
0: That's the opinion that I've heard, and I tend to agree. I thought it was pretty good. I The whole time I was watching it, they make it a musical. I like that they didn't make it a musical. mean, yeah. I like the kind of nods to the songs and then just moves past them. Yep. <laughs> it's, so, it's so full of whimsy anyway, you know, with, like, the transformations and that sort of nothing black space and yeah anyways I, I thought it was really beautiful and the whole time I was watching it like there's a shot when the prince finds out his father is dying or there's a moment where I started to have this reaction of like oh we're spending a lot of time with the male characters for a movie that's supposed to be about Cinderella uh-huh it shifts to this radical overhead <laughs> and the prince is curled up in his father's arms in this fetal position and it's really vulnerable. Um, so I like that it. it took this moment to display that kind of, you know, aspect of masculinity, and then the you know the radical viewpoint that it that went along with it. I was just really impressed by choices like that all throughout, and the color, you know, I was really enamored with the just like the lushness of it. Uh-huh. And uh, then the end credits pull up, and it's Kenneth Branagh, and I was like, man, Kenny B, yeah, Kenny B, the movie, man, I really really dug it. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Fuck yeah. Um The can cut. Oh yeah, you (laughs) wanna talk about it?
1: Yeah, I do actually I really do. Let's talk yeah, we gotta talk about it because I don't I've never seen that cut. I don't know anyone else's that's seen that cut besides you. So first, the whole Janine Garofalo story is fucking gone.
0: She's Uh, in
1: this movie now. Yeah, uh, and like Kevin Smith even has so much
0: more to do in the can cut, which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, James and I talked about the can cut at length, um, so I, I won't say too much about it here. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it, but my thoughts basically sum up as like, oh, everything that didn't make sense in the theatrical cut now makes sense. It just became clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer what this movie is and what it's about. You, uh, the, the
1: can cut also cuts out cause you got, you guys watched the theatrical cut as well. Yes, we did. So they, uh, cut out all that stupid, um, like, um, Doomsday scenario thing in the beginning, where it it shows you actually uh, clips of the graphic novel.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sort of like overlay. You know what it reminds me of is the the "Would You Know More" internet of Starship Troopers. Totally, it's got that thing going for it, and that yeah, I, I said that also by removing that and a lot of the voiceover, and more or less keeping the movie but kind of expanding it, just letting it breathe. It's so much better. Yeah yeah it's like it's the same length essentially but what they take out 20 it's 15 minutes longer it's 15 minutes
1: longer 15 minutes longer okay but what they take out and what they choose to put in is i don't know the the movie itself is a big mess uh i'm sure you guys talk about that as well
0: (laughs) but uh i'm having to stop myself from going too far into it if you want to hear more of my thoughts on the southland tales and the southland tales can cut hop over one episode and listen there because a movie kind of broke my brain and then rebuilt it it was a a wild experience and i'm (laughs) but i highly recommend
1: reading the graphic novel okay i think i will yeah it's the first three chapters and it um man does it explain so much more (laughs) like you understand how fortunio and uh christina and roland and boxer how they all meet in the desert that's talked about a lot in the movie okay but it's in the graphic novel
0: right on yeah i'd be curious to find out that find that out yeah for sure Yeah, he also, Richard Kelly announced after James and I recorded our episode on the Can Cut, he announced that the Can Cut is getting a 4K restoration and coming to Blu-ray. Cool. And that he's also, he also took that opportunity to announce Southland Now. So I think he's doing a streaming series of on the graphic novel maybe? Or like this world today, or maybe the future of today. Anyway. That
1: movie is crazy ahead of its time. Right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it,
0: okay.
1: If it was made, made today. Talking
0: about Southland tales <laughs> here. But I will. And you should uh yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, I'm gonna yes, definitely. I will hop over to that podcast and listen to it. But I love <laughs> the can cut. Thank you for sending
0: me that. Um, so yeah that's uh, kind of what I've been watching like I said I watched Cinderella didn't have a lot of internet although since Disney Plus has been on I've also been working my way back through the Marvel movies which we talked about but I just watched the first Thor movie uh, and I don't know that movie was a lot of fun Hemsworth it, was great for me. it's Kenny B <laughs> it's Kenny B turns out he's my favorite director <laughs> It's not Tony Scott. It's and not the cone, (laughs) brother. That's yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. (laughs) Of course it is. Yeah, I had a weird themed day. (laughs) But I, I dug it. And speaking of a weird day, we watched Romeo plus Juliet. Dylan, talk to me about this movie. Um another one
1: from my childhood, as you could probably imagine. I still hold up actually, in my opinion, really well. I think the cinematography is off the charts. It looks gorgeous.
0: It looks gorgeous. Uh, I have it in here somewhere that like it. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I have a few things. No, No, I interrupted you. I'm going to go. Sorry. it, It looks gorgeous and the movie is doing a lot in terms of both the editing and the camera moves so yeah, i think it's super well directed but the star of this movie might be the production design i don't think any of this works without that it's captain martin who did the production design
1: Kevin Martin. yeah okay
0: um and we'll get into more and more of that as we go along but yeah it, you got
1: little like I don't know if you've pulled up some trivia on the movie but I found one that is crazy that I wish there was more detail on. Okay. Uh uh I'll yeah, I'll just bring it up so we can throw it out there. Uh the key hairstylist Aldo Signoretti yes. was kidnapped by gang members and held for $300.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a, just an easy
1: stick up, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It just sounds so bizarre. I mean, I guess be careful when you're shooting in Mexico City.
0: I, I want to bring that up too, because um, the movie—that's part of the movie's look. Also, between the production design, the the cinematography, and the editing, and the location, it feels like a different universe. You know, I, I really don't have a great sense of where we are. Also, that uh, I read also in the trivia, that Jesus statue is an effect. Yeah, so it's a,
1: a two-foot miniature.
0: Yeah. So I think they really accomplished uh, making it look like an entirely different place. I was uh, constantly struck by...
1: It. Yeah. And the Jesus Christ statue.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I think one of the successes of this movie is that it looks... Like it's not on a different planet, but like I said, in a different universe. I totally feel like I, I'm in wherever Verona is now. In this, it feels like a, a dystopian Southern California, totally. Like if it Verona was like Venice, Beach, right?
1: Like Venice Beach, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yep, Venice was abandoned, and it's Which like Venice Beach the day after the apocalypse in Southland,
1: <laughs> totally. Or like the early days of Venice Beach, like, uh, not even the early days, like, after the fall of Venice Beach, like, when it was a massive tourist attraction, and it just kind of became this dilapidated, rugged structure on a beach. Was it, did it ever look like that in LA? Like, actually? uh Like, all fucked up? Yeah, yeah. There used to be a pier in Venice with... Like uh, it 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 was a theme park essentially. The guy uh Albert Kinney, um, Abbott, came, Abbott Kinney, Abbott Kinney. Sorry, yes, Abbott Kinney, uh, came over to the U.S. wanting to replicate Venice, Italy. So he did it. <laughs> yeah, he, you know what? I knew that. I didn't know this. Yeah, and there was like a um, a whole theme park on a pier, and it. Caught fire in the '70s, '60s maybe, okay. and just sat there hmm. for years. And like the Dogtown Boys would talk about, uh, right, right, that, like, right, their
0: their surf spot, right, yeah. So it was a wasteland, and it looks convincingly well. Anyways, I, I love the look of this movie, definitely. So let's start at the beginning. Absolutely, with.
1: Do you want to start at the very beginning with the narrator on the news cuz I find that highly effective.
0: Okay, I have a question about that because this movie starts twice. That the speech that she gives on the TV on the mm-hmm. news, yeah. we get that immediately thereafter with the intro sequence. But now it's—I don't know if that's the captain who's narrating it at that point, but it goes to a male voice narrating it.
1: Yeah, you're right. I yeah, you're right. I, I wish I would have paid more attention to that. So uh, I don't know why we need that twice. Well, the uh, the the first one, the female, like there—that is in the actual Romeo and Juliet play. The
0: to yeah,
1: no. both alike in Dignity and Fair Verona.
0: No, of course. I understand that the epilogue's there. My, my point is that the epilogue literally happens twice in this movie. Or the prologue, sorry.
1: The prologue, yeah. Uh Yeah, you're right. It also happens at
0: the end. Well, then then an actual epilogue does happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, on uh, the TV screen, though. I don't think it happened. I don't think the epilogue happens twice, but the prologue does. Anyways,
1: Prologue, yes. Okay, but then we come in hard... To um, uh, Gregory and Samson. Zach Orth and Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy with Gat his station. white pink hair. White pink hair, man. And um, Dash Mihawk, who yeah. plays portfolio. Okay. So okay. good. So good. I always forget he's in this. I love him so
0: much. I really like him too. For me, he is the soft spot in a very deep cast totally and i think it let's talk about it now because this is obviously it's a 90s ified shakespeare thing right yes. so the language of it is still all iambic pentameter it's shakespearean and well, they but they don't speak
1: in uh iambic pentameter or most of, most of them don't
0: most of them don't
1: pentameter Right. Uh, the father Lawrence does
0: Right, Pete Postlethway, right?
1: Yeah,, yeah. He's the yeah. only one that speaks in that uh pantameter.
0: fair enough, so, but Dash Mihawk speaks in high school play Shakespeare accent. I get it, yeah. they kind of all do. They, they all have their moments, so here's I'll say um, fucking Harold Parael kills it at every moment in this movie as Mercutio. Michael? (laughs) Yeah, Michael. (laughs) Um, Michael from Lost. Michael from Lost. Uh, I also think that Paul Sorvino is really, really good. I think Paul Rudd is really, really good. I think John Leguizamo is really, really good.
1: Paul Rudd looks exactly the same.
0: Yeah, He's,
1: He's 26 in this movie. Everyone else is like 18 or 21. He looks
0: like he's 18. He always, even at the time, he looked older to me. But he doesn't look much older now than he does there. (laughs) My memory as a kid was him feeling a little out of place in this movie, maybe because he's so good looking, maybe because the movie is obviously trying to put him out of place because he's not.
1: I mean, they throw him in a fucking astronaut suit. (laughs) that's (laughs) <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of out of place at that whole party isn't it
0: <laughs> it definitely draws your attention that's for sure but he's the most eligible bachelor in all of verona i know okay I know, man. okay I sorry to derail you so the, this opening scene is freaking intense and it sets the tone for this whole movie which is just like smash cut wobbly zolly incredible <laughs> zooms i It's. A blast in the, the soundtrack is like that weird industrial kind of nine. Is it? I don't know what that song is. Ah, yeah. radio host.
1: What's that? Radiohead talk show host is that main Leo theme. Like the, uh, I'm doing broken arrow. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know that one for sure. Anyways. Uh, the actual, are you talking about the actual score?
0: No, I'm talking about the song that they're screaming to each other as they roll down the road when they get to the before they get to the gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Character introductions. It doesn't matter. It's a you know typical grindcore industrial kind of thing. Um, but then
1: at the gas station after do you bite your thumb at me sir
0: yes i do bite my thumb at you no Uh, sorry doesn't matter
1: (laughs) i love that scene i love this movie definitely you get john leguizamo coming in as fucking flamboyant Tybalt,
0: the prince of cats johnny legs is so damn cool in this movie every time he's on screen the pest dude (laughs) (laughs) we gotta do that one that's a 90s movie okay (laughs) Let's let's put the pest in the lineup because I lo- I really do like John Leguizamo in his larger career. I think this is peak Johnny Legs, but I like him outside of that. And I know a lot of people think the pest is a terrible movie. I mean, yeah, it's not the best of movies, but I think he's hilarious in it. I haven't seen it since it came out in you know whatever '96 ish. I got the VHS. VH <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he's great in this movie, man. And his freaking wardrobe is so cool with the vests and the the shoulder strap pistol and the boots with the metal heels that nice he grabs
1: When he puts out the fucking match. It's so oh, good. good. It's so good, dude. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, man, that's fucking badass.
0: It's just movie star cool, you know? Totally. This whole movie is, it's just cranked up. To cool and so that brings up a question in my mind that maybe we can circle back to later as we draw this thing up because you and I both obviously love this movie and I don't I'm not a, a Shakespeare fan I'm not a huge costume drama guy you know like I, I just mentioned Cinderella is probably my favorite one of them so far although that's but, not Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, I meant costume drama specifically. Gotcha. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and there's a few others that I like. Obviously, I really like the favorite from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that's not the point here. This movie is not for me necessarily, but I love this movie a lot. And I wonder if it's just because of like guns and fast camera moves. Because when I find myself losing patience with this movie, it's when it has to be the Shakespeare story. It's when we're watching the terrible decisions that get missed. It's, okay, we'll, we'll get to it. So I, I really love this movie and we're just starting it. Uh,
1: man, I could talk hours about that gas station scene though. I, it, it's such a hell of a way to like just Punch you into the movie. I don't know if you've seen like the 60s Romeo and Juliet, yeah. but it you definitely. have okay, it's, yeah, it's it a few times, but it's been quite a while, definitely. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a few years either. But if I remember correctly, it's just them on like a like in the town, just kind of walking, yeah. and it's just so normally Shakespearean uh dialect and nothing crazy's happening and then you get baz and <laughs> he fucking
0: just like up,
1: baby he fucking gut punches you from the beginning you're just like whoa this is hyper it's so hyper real
0: well, I, yeah real might not be the thing but it's definitely yeah, uh, it
1: ends in an explosion you know yeah, it's hyper real that's yeah, definitely not hyper real <laughs> The, so, the old woman that's hitting Jamie Kennedy over
0: the head. Yeah. So that first scene, for sure, I uh, was getting vibes of, the first thing I put down was Desperado. I was trying to think of, you know, El Mariachi and- just, Oh, uh, gotcha. Like grandiose openings. Type. Grandiose openings and, you know, sort of the, the color palette and the, the speed at which we're moving. And then, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry, pardon me. Um, and then i'm pretty sure when tybalt comes in we're getting the actual sergio leone score from is it the good the bad and the ugly i think it's the same horn section is it i think so oh wow i didn't pick up on that it's it's like the punchiest western that i've seen yeah it's
1: like that quick zoom and
0: and everybody's been close-up <laughs> to everybody's national chief. He had the sin on his uh, his frickin' grill. Uh-huh. Oh, man.
1: Okay. Uh, where do we move
0: on from there? I don't know. I'll take a moment to... So, you know, after that fricus happens, they get called into the office. We don't need to spend much time on the plot of Romeo and Juliet. I think... Yeah, no, I'm you know, sure plenty Romeo of people ...Romeo and Juliet. That. But uh, I, did, I did notice that when we get called into the captain's office, Paul Sorvino... And Brian yeah the captain Captain Prince you mean dr president the uh the, you need the guy from broken arrow what's that he's the guy in broken arrow he's yeah the, uh
1: he's the one that uh calls out we got a broken arrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, uh, let me look up his name so I get his.
1: It's uh, Von D. Curtis Hall. Von D. Curtis Hall,
0: that's who it is.
1: When we did the Broken Arrow episode, we were struggling to remember his name in the episode, and I was looking it up while we were doing it.
0: (laughs) Well, glad we got him coverage here, because he's uh, maybe more of an 80s icon, but he deserves credit on our show, that's for sure. He commands the scenes
1: as Prince.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, especially that last speech that he gives Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: the the capulets
0: and montagues Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's a great one
0: uh so anyways in that first one paul servino and brian dennehy are in that scene together and then they're never in a scene ever again and i'm sad about that i wish that there was one moment just because they're two such incredible like so like we talked about last week with True Romance, where it's scene to scene, you're just getting like, oh my God, this actor and this actor in the same room oh. talking to each other. And this movie, unfortunately, has Denehy and Servino sitting sure. to Very each quick. other. What's that? Very
1: quick scene. And they don't even really exchange dialogue to each other. <laughs> no, they
0: have zero lines to each yeah. other. I don't think either of them actually have a line in that scene. Yeah. Servino looks like he's straight up asleep. He gives because he gives such a so little shit about what Captain Prince is saying to him. <laughs> i totally know
1: what you're talking about because his eyes are just so droopy (laughs) that's funny though i just never put it into context like he's so sleepy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's like it's partly his face and partly his performance because he's obviously got the deep set features but he doesn't give a shit about what this man is saying to him
1: but when it comes to the party scene like yeah the that scene he's very calm doesn't say anything sleepy and then you jump to the party scene and yeah. he's, like, he's a fucking angry uh, Greek god. <laughs> Wait, what does he do? He's, he's dressed yeah. as, like, Julius Caesar or something.
0: Or or Bacchus or uh, Dionysus or some, yeah, you know, yeah, some party Greek, wine god. Yeah, absolutely. No, that party is rad. And that scene, yeah. the the <laughs> the drag sequence with... Yes. Yes, perfect. So before we jump to
1: the party and talk, it's Mercutio at the Sycamore Grove. It's like, it's so dope. But before we get there, I have one little addendum to add to the gas station scene, just to add in a little trivia. It took seven days and two reshoot days to get that
0: whole scene. I read that, I, and I, it makes sense. There's a lot of coverage and a it lot of stuff, a lot of characters. Yeah. So to make all that make sense, even just on the eyelines, would be a fucking nightmare. And it looks like they're actually shooting
1: outside. Like, it doesn't look like a soundstage at all. So I bet the lighting was probably a real big issue on why they had to shoot no, seven days.
0: I think it's all on location. I don't think they shot anything on a stage.
1: Yeah, I think. You no, know, I right. looked at the location so, I mean, because I, I did have that mansion, question.
0: What's like the that?
1: interior of the mansions, that's probably like a set.
0: Yeah, I remember reading that the elevator is definitely a set because they had to yeah. you know, get the people, the panels yeah. in and out. Yep, which uh, I
1: have that written down too. I thought that was thats a pretty clever technique to have a very complicated technique to time with the camera on a fucking spinning dolly. Yeah. And then have stage hands moving the walls as you're fucking going around them. It's and if I remember correctly, a it's a pretty fast dolly. They're going fast. It's yeah, not a it's, slow yeah. spin. I think it's really quick. I Maybe mean, they, yeah. they ramped it up in editing or like shot at a higher speed uh higher frame rate so that they could
0: manipulate it later on. That wouldn't surprise me because obvious so much of this stuff is overcranked, you know? Yeah yep uh yeah, they probably did okay so
1: yeah just wanted to add that uh but mercutio at the sycamore grove when he pulls up oh my god dude it's so he fucking commands that whole scene yeah talking about the the
0: the ecstasy pill the yeah. fucking the of love his whole speech to romeo is amazing uh-huh. before they walk into the party God, I want to see him in more movies, man. He just yeah. hasn't done anything lately. He he
1: can be so fucking good.
0: He's always really, really good. I don't, you know, have you ever seen him be bad? No, like in the Matrix, he's so
1: small, but he's fucking great in it. Yeah, he's it's like
0: great.
1: Yeah, he's not bad. The the movies are bad. <laughs> but he's yeah. not bad in them.
0: No. You know, he's always good. I like him a lot. Um yeah. I also like Paul Rudd a lot I think I said that as well I like Leo a lot in this movie I think he's a little bumpy up front but I think he settles in and I think they're both him and Claire Danes are both kind of bumpy they it
1: takes them a second to get into their dialect it felt like it felt like they shot in order and it took them a while to get into their characters
0: if I I feel that way also I get that sort yeah I feel that way for sure um Claire Danes, I'm never quite clicks in for me. Like even by the end of the movie.
1: She has good moments. I, I, I see what you're saying. She has, she good has
0: moments. great moments. And it's mostly when she's letting herself have a little fun. I don't know if she fully understood what this movie was going to look like when it was done. And I don't know if Leo did either. Or if they were both being toned down. Because everybody else is so nutso, and Leo gets there obviously. Where he's like screaming and crying, but both oh, of them going after Tybalt. Yeah, oh, God. right. But both of them are really pretty melodramatic through most of the movie, where everybody else is really, really keyed up. And so Which, a, it's I, I feel like to kind of warrant that though. Don't What's you think? That? They kind of, the, like the that cheesy
1: soap opernish a soap opera ish way of delivering their dialogue it it felt warranted though cuz it's only them that are doing it really right it's not heavy handed wow. with the whole cast
0: and ben Although, is a is very
1: dramatic. like cap the the montagues fucking uh or i'm sorry the the capulets uh juliet's mother like yelling at her like that's very um
0: dramatic. Totally. And the same thing, The Nurse is obviously a big yeah. character. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> For listeners, Dylan is just on a spot on. Pants yeah.
1: on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so even Leo, even in those early scenes, he's like tripping over stuff and knocking things down and kind of being clownish. And he's taking big swings. So anyways she where she's great in this movie is honestly every time she's on screen with leo their chemistry is higher yeah their meat cue
1: is so (laughs) well done uh the fish tank The fish tank. I like that. I think the music choice. Obviously, it's someone live singing at the party.
0: It's beautiful. It's very
1: cheesy, but it's a beautiful song, and it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. And uh, bringing up on it. Incredible
0: like, eye acting in that scene. Those two. Totally. Just the the small reactions that they're giving each other. I really, love really it. Moving. But uh,
1: apparently, that was one of the hardest scenes to actually shoot uh, because everywhere they were putting lights there kept being
0: reflections in the fish tank. Yeah. Well, it, it turned uh, out shooting at two panes of glass with water inside of it. Yeah, right. It's super reflective. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, so the cinematographer, who is Donald McAlpine? McAlpine? Something like that. Okay. Uh, just decided to put two or three lights in the fish tank out of the camera's view and those are the only lights in the scene lighting up the whole the whole
0: shot yeah it looks great because it's just you know obviously it's so diffused from going through the water but it gives that ripple it's water it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and what they do manage to avoid either through the editing or maybe the the careful lighting and camera placement you don't see a ton of like wild facial distortion from the ripples in the water. They most no, look like themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what a
1: perverted idea for a bathroom! <laughs> <laughs> you could see into the other bathroom, <laughs> or was it a bathroom? Because they—it's just him in a sink. You don't really see. Oh, where he's washing his face. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't think that's a
1: bathroom. No, it's just him washing his face and then he sees her.
0: Or maybe if it is, it's like the the entryway, the, the, the entryway. Yeah, washing station, and sense. then you go along to the, you know, you've been in a bathroom like that. You're an adult, Dylan. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been. been in
1: a bathroom like that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely been in some bathrooms like that.
1: Um, Let's see, where do we go from here? Meet Cute's Amazing.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to take a moment because this is... Most of the notes that I have left here... I got one more performance thing. I'll do one more performance thing here before I move on, which is just to kind of point out the, the people that I do think really succeed with the dialogue are all committed to... I'm going to say naturalism as over the top as this movie is. You know what I mean? But they're... They're delivering it in ways that are honest to their characters, and so I'm not bumped by that. It's, I get bumped at the speechifying in that kind of standard Shakespeare way that we're used to hearing that we don't uh, respond to very positively. Mm-hmm. And there's not a ton of that in this movie. I don't really have a great point there other than to say some people are good at this and some people aren't. Definitely. I understand that. Uh Gaines and DiCaprio didn't
1: really get along while filming at first. She that thought he mean. was super immature and he he thought she was just too uptight.
0: <laughs> her I like I I find her I, I always do find her very snobbish. What's that? Snobbish. No, not snobbish, but like Internal and withdrawn, maybe, very removed. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. What you're saying,
1: I believe she said, "I listened to her on, I think, a Mark Marin podcast, or maybe it was a Armchair Expert, and uh, uh, pretty sure it was Armchair Expert, and she just said they're they're just two different people. Like growing up, she was always more uh, internalized and felt more adult." Like, she never cared for cartoons and shit like that. She was she always... Was like Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nerd.
1: Nerd. Uh, and Leo, obviously. Definitely a little immature actor boy.
0: Yeah, he probably
1: be pretty cool. famous for a while at that point. He... This was a big one. But right after this, he got Titanic.
0: Which yeah. Threw you want to talk it. about how, how that went down? Hey... I love Titanic. I I find Titanic to be three and a half hours long.
1: I don't know if you know this, but I love Titanic. Oh wow. I guess I did know that. I love it. I'm about to actually replace that with vanilla sky here soon. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, uh, well uh, You don't like vanilla sky? I don't know what to say right now <laughs> you don't like vanilla sky dude i honestly i have not seen it in quite a while i'm not a huge cameron crowe fan even the movies of his that people like ah, uh, just just past, just, you know? just
1: just don't just don't right now
0: I... hey <laughs> listen i'm not gonna say anything
1: fair enough uh so yeah fucking leo leo was well, good
0: man and he's he's so soulful for a, a 21 year old and he goes on to get titanic after this movie because paul rudd told him that the shipwreck was oh, we lost
1: okay um, i mean
0: that yeah. is kind of the the stuff that i have here one more quick little note jesse bradford i'm glad yeah. he put one line two lines maybe I felt
1: like he they filmed way more with him and they cut it so that they could fit the two-hour mark to fit that, uh, that opening dialogue, which says, uh, which sets the stage for our two-hour, uh, I think is the line. Yeah, yeah, two-hour traffic.
0: Sets yeah, the traffic
1: sure. for our two-hour stage, some shit like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, you're clearly a trained Shakespearean actor. No,
1: you want to hear something funny <laughs> in sixth grade seventh grade uh i signed up at like uh, a local theater production for kids to do uh much ado about nothing okay yeah and i was don pedro okay and, not gonna lie it went pretty smooth for us being middle school kids like no one fucked up their lines we clearly did not speak in the pantameter, uh, yeah. but uh if i i've i remember correct uh, if i remember correctly it went
0: pretty smooth for
1: how low rent that production
0: was I'm i'm willing to believe that a middle school production of much ado about nothing was warmly received by all in attendance y'all got a round of applause
1: <laughs> <laughs> congratulations Dude, i wish i could be one of the parents in that audience and just being like oh my god this is fucking get me out of here
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know why you wish that upon yourself i'm so glad that i don't have that
1: I just picked me and my mom and I'm just being like, ugh, this
0: is boring.
1: <laughs> there was no set. <laughs> it was just us yeah. on a stage.
0: <laughs> Dude, I saw I don't know if I talked about this with you, but I saw the seagull here in London and they did it as a, a no set plywood box theatre. It was the one with Amelia Clark. Um, okay. and it was just fucking brutal oh. Ooh. it was rough it was tough so i'm not a huge fan of like anti-theater or sort of whatever i'm sure your middle school production of much about nothing was not anti-theater although i'd love it if you're that would be hilarious <laughs> just
1: like a subtle subtle context that this fucking person was adding in there through
0: kids <laughs> listen up 12 year olds we're rewriting the book on Shakespeare.
1: I am the new Shakespeare,
0: Lerman style. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'm loving this movie. I love this movie. So the last thing I have is really about production design and set design. We've kind of talked about it already. But Catherine Martin deserves so much credit for the way this movie looks. Because that's why I like this movie. I'm not a big Shakespeare fan. fan but every time... I can't look away from this screen because the suit that Leo is wearing is just too big in exactly the right way. And the car that Tybalt is driving has a fender that is just weird enough that it it can't be a real car, but it looks so cool. And the staging of the ruined theater on the beach. I don't know, man. Everything about this movie looks so good. And everything that's about, that's Boz Lerman's thing, right? Is that his movies look incredible. But his movies look incredible because his, his wife, <laughs> Catherine Martin, is really, really talented. She's very talented. So at least for this movie, I think, well, that's not entirely fair. Because like I said, I think the editing and the camera work and the way they put together a lot, no, it, it's, but those two as a pair, man, really put something on screen that I like watching.
1: Hmm. I agree. Uh, my final note is on Mercutio's death at uh, the the Grove Theater, yeah. Sycamore Grove Theater. Uh, that's a real hurricane that is blowing in, and it they literally filmed that and had to leave because the it was about to come in and it destroyed the whole set and they ended up having to move production. I'm not sure where they had to go, but I saw that they filmed in two other two or three other places in Mexico, but right. then randomly Miami. And I, I was always just curious what was filmed in Miami? Maybe the mansion. I feel like the exterior of uh, the capulet mansion. That feels kind of Miami-ish.
0: Maybe, but it could also be Mexico City very easily.
1: Yeah, no, you're fucking right, actually. It
0: could. Um, but I, I would imagine the pickups, any pickups, where they were like, oh, man, we didn't get this. We're not going back to Mexico City, though. <laughs> so, Too far. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah, and last time we were there, some people got kidnapped. So, oh, yeah. just, $300. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about uh, this for a question? Let's have some fun at the end. What is the coolest gun? Oh,
1: oh, oh! Tybalt probably.
0: Tybalt's so is I'm really cool.
1: Benvolio, it, Benvolio's is very simple, but I, uh, I'm just thinking of him pointing it in the beginning. Sure. I like it look good, but Tybalt gets like a uh, his. Gun yeah, because with, he
0: like, kisses it. Yeah. Uh, I really like Mercutio's dagger. Yeah, like the hollow handle and the hollow clip. That thing is Hell super yeah. cool. Hell yeah! How about cool? What? Who is the coolest car?
1: Uh, I, uh, Tibble or uh, Romeo? Romeo? It, or it's not Romeo's car, is it? The the. It might uh,
0: be Bradford. It might be Jesse Bradford's car. It's one of
1: his, it's his or one of his fri- uh cousins. Uh, it's one of theirs. Yeah, the topless one. Did you see a couple people driving it. You don't see Leo driving it until he chases Tybalt, I don't think. He's always in the back seat. Maybe
0: it's everybody's car. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's definitely Tybalt's car. That thing yep. is beautiful. It is. And the
1: when they flipped it for the, <laughs> the wreck scene, the stunt driver almost broke his neck because the roll cage collapsed in on itself
0: that's wild you know
1: and they you got to use that shot right <laughs> you got to, but like that defeats the whole purpose of a roll cage so whoever built that did a
0: very shitty job i mean or what if it hadn't been there at all because then he's just like his head isn't anymore that's true so yeah. I'd rather have a shoddy roll cage than no roll cage. But what do I know? I'm not a car crash expert. What do I look like? David Cronenberg? This car is 100% death proof. <laughs> what do I look like? Kurt Russell? Yeah. What do I look like? Chuck Polinik, who also made, wrote a book about car crashing. Is it good? I, I like it. Uh, yeah, of his stuff, I, it's one of the ones that I like more of his because it's more mystical. Hmm. There's uh, a time travel element and part of it relies on like poison. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've read it, but I, I remember just kind of like the vibe of the thing, you know, where so much of his other stuff is just like the grimiest people doing the grimiest things. I and, like it. You know, that's fine. But, <laughs> and this one is grimy people doing grimy things, too. Don't get me wrong. But this one is also surreal. And, you know, whatever. I get it. Uh, that's all I have. Anything else, Dylan?
1: That's it. We already went over what we watched.
0: We already went over what we watched. We didn't do an intro. Maybe I should have done that.